That was from Batman. <laughs> no, oh, I don't know. Heath Ledger's the Joker, Dark Knight. That's true. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I said, here we go. But yeah. I did it very slowly, like Heath Ledger. When you said, here, me, here we go, it made me think of Bizarre Vark and Dare Me Bro from, from that show. So I don't know what that is. It's Welcome. A, it's a Disney Channel, ob- now Disney Plus. To Obscure. Do they not have the Disney Channel anymore? They probably do, but I don't have. Oh. That, that sounded kind of British. Do they not have the Disney Channel <laughs> anymore? I'm offending British people every week now. <laughs> Or identifying with them. I was instructed <laughs> I that it is March, so I'm supposed to do the podcast. My sister said I should do the podcast in an Irish accent, uh, Irish brogue, you know what you want me to which do. I would do if I could do it well, and I cannot, so I, I shall not. I could listen to, actually, I think Scottish, I could listen to somebody talk in Dude, Scottish all day. That's just the, listen to Alistair Begg. I just shared the the message with my family, Alistair Begg preaching on... Don't call me none. dude. Okay. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Alistair Begg was, Begg was preaching Lamentations 3. And I'm like, this is so much better than the sermon I just preached on Lamentations 3. Maybe. It's the accent. Possibly it's the, it's the accent. It's but, always the accent. Or the fact that Alistair Begg is Alistair Begg and has much more experience. And, no, it's not know. that. As far as accents go, we've like Midwest. He's just a touch older than me. Midwest has kind of like the lamest ones, I would say. In, in our country, even. I think you probably often feel like whatever your accent is is the lamest. You know, I think because some people are quite proud it. of their some, accents. Some. When I was in college, which was just, you know, in Indiana, people would make fun of my accent. They're like, oh, you say your O's weird or things like that. I'm like... Speaking of which, Pasquale Hutton on uh, One Calls the Heart, I love She has... Uh, she's unique, very Canadian. Yeah, very Being Canadian. Canadian, playing someone from Canada, it's great. Yeah. I love it. And uh, I can't believe how much I hated her when she came on that show I and how much I love to. her now. So Do you love Lucas then? I do, actually. Uh, Lucas reminds me of, of a number of people. And he's got a heck of a beard going on He now. looks like, he, he, he's he, instead of a saloon owner, he actually looks like a preacher now on the, on the show. Maybe that'll so. be the big plot twist. That would be a big plot twist, <laughs> wouldn't it? So Which, maybe yeah. Joseph will be the new preacher. I think that's so. the, what they're dealing for. People uh, tune in here because we are the home of professional podcasts. Look at our background now. We, doesn't it look professional? <laughs> and we are your your place for updates on One Calls the Heart. It's true, so. until I find a new show. So but. I told Shelly I'm going to have to have Emma read the Jeanette Oak books to go along with these things. Well, they did I've, the movies like... Uh, Love, sold a lot Love of those Comes books. Softly and things like that. I guess the, uh, Shelley and Emma watched Love Comes Softly. It's a good but, one. Uh, I've not seen any Depressing, of Depressing, but... Not seen it. I also uh, have only read portions of the books. I sold a lot of her books back in the day. I mean, in South Bend and in, in northern Indiana, in the Bethel, since she graduated from Bethel. Oh, I didn't the, know that. Yeah, in the Bethel I was going to say people are really she's, into like frontier books. She's also South Canadian, Bend, but... Uh, I figured she was Canadian. I believe Evelyn Stoffer is also Canadian, if I'm not mistaken. Hey. Nobody on hey. the podcast actually knows who that is, but a dear friend of ours who goes to real life. So. I don't know if we have any Canadian listeners. I'll have to look. If you're from That's Canada, type A in the comments. <laughs> and bring us some poutine. So. Uh, we'll talk about something important now. I think one calls the heart is important, but more important than that. Time for us to move... Just as God moves us in Christ from tomb to temple, it's time for us to move from One Calls the Heart to the podcast. That was a good transition. It's been a while since we've had a good, like, solid transition. Well, you know, good and solid is what we do here at the Home of Professional Podcasts. But really, though, do you guys like the background? Doesn't it look better? Something real. A ministry of Real Life Community Church. Oh, you know what we should do? (laughs) we got to get into this. We should have a green screen. (laughs) We could have visual aids. 
We could do that. That seems like work. Oh. We're, Pretend. We're the home of professional I just really want to do this. We are not the home point. of a lot of extra we're work. We're the home here, of technology. Know, so. I just really want to point at things. Is <laughs> my <laughs> All right. Go with that pointer thing. So, yeah, there's, uh, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that that we want to be able to communicate through this podcast. And while we have a lot of fun, you know, with pointless cultural references and Hallmark Channel references and silliness at times, um, not that those are silly and, you know, occasional occasional comic book references, um, what we're really here to do is to connect the reality of God to the realities of life. And so as we're moving through this um, all-for-one sermon series in Ephesians, in chapter two, we really see the, I think the, the crux of of the message of the book. Mm-hmm. So, we see a, a doctrinal foundation, <coughs> excuse me, uh, being laid in in chapter one, and we see the the celebration of that and, and sort of the, um, the, uh, trying not to use the word outflow, but the the uh, the consequence of that really in in three in a in a. Uh, more of an existential sense, and Paul's talking about his ministry to the Gentiles, and and he gets so caught up in the glory of God's grace that he, that he wraps up the first half of the of the letter with this amazing doxology. But then the the true outflow, the consequence of what we see in chapter two, really what we see in the first three chapters, is the last half of of the letter. That um, if you are in Christ, and these things are true of you, that, that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ, and we're adopted by his grace and predestined by his grace to be holy and blameless, and and he's building us together into this temple of his glory that, that as his people together in the church, that his grace to us individually uh, becomes his grace to us collectively, mm-hmm. If this is true that that you are in Him, and this masterpiece of God's work in you then flows out in in living a life for His glory. That's kind of detailed or outlined in chapters four, five, and six. So that's really what we were talking about in the first ten verses of chapter two of the book of Ephesians. Um, is that core reality that God gives us life by His grace that we might give our lives for His glory that we. We can't save ourselves. We're dead in our sins, that we have nothing to offer. There's no good in us um, that apart from, from what God places in us. And so God then reaches in by his sovereign grace, apart from our works, apart from our effort, even apart from our faith, because he gives us the faith to be able to receive this, so that then by his grace, he makes us dead sinners alive. And everything then changes. And because all of us, and this is where we're going next week, because all of us uh, are on level ground at the foot of the cross, we, there's there's only one access to God the Father, and that is through God the Son mm-hmm. for everybody. Jew, Gentile, it doesn't matter what your background is. Because of that, there's no room for division among us. The only real dividing line is, are you his or are you not? Are you in Christ or are you without Christ, without hope, without God in the world? And so by tearing down that dividing wall, now we're we're one church in him. So the, the first half of the chapter really kind of develops that idea that, that our natural state 
is worse than we ever realized. The, the, we are dead. There's, it's not that we are sick and need improvement. It's not that you know we need to you know kind of clean up our act or or, or somehow uh, deal with the injustices of life and take care of all the social ills in the world. Uh, those things are the result of being separated from God. And so the the antidote, if you will, for those things is to be united with him. So when we uh, when we become the church and we shine like stars in the universe as we hold out the word of life, this, uh, this glory of God dwells in the temple of his church and the injustices of life get addressed. And, and we've seen that throughout the history of the church. But the problem is not the injustices. That's, that's the symptom. The sickness isn't even really sickness it's death it's that we're separated from him the source of life and there's no hope for us other than god's intervention and so god then makes us alive in christ by his grace he comes into the equation and says okay lazarus come forth you dead sinner with no life in you no hope no god I'm going to make you mine. I'm going to reach in, give you eyes to see, a heart to receive, uh, so that I can then make you mine. I, I, I set my affection on you. I adopt you. I, I have settled your future so that your inheritance in Christ is sealed by the Holy Spirit. Your destiny is to be conformed to his likeness. And then in that redeemed state, we, he's redeemed us out of our natural state of death. In our redeemed state, we're better off than we ever dreamed. We, you know, we think that you know we want to live our best life now, but our best life with Christ, in Christ with God, is beyond our wildest imagination, and it doesn't end. It's not you know right. let's figure out how to you know how to have a nicer house or a, you know a, a better relationship or or you know, a better wardrobe and find the, the right barber, which in Hope Valley is clearly Fiona now. Sorry for sidetracking. Uh, but but the, the actual reality of things is that we are in Christ, seated with him in the heavenlies. So we are right now in a spiritual sense uh, uh, reigning with him. In a literal sense, when when he returns and the judgment comes, we will then uh, have the fruition of that. We'll have right. the manifest reigning with him when the kingdom of God is manifest in the fullness of time. So right now, just recognizing that we are actually, you know, not in the weird way that we use children of God. We, we do throw out the term, you know, everybody's a child of God, all God's children got robes, all that kind of stuff. But that's not actually true. Because we're God's enemies. Mm-hmm. We're separated from him by, by nature. By nature, we're objects of wrath. But God then, because of his great love for us, this God who is rich in mercy makes us alive even when we're dead in our transgressions. It's by grace and only grace that we're saved. And then in that grace, he puts us, this, this is just mind-blowing to me, he puts us on equal footing right. in, in the sense of inheritance, co-heirs with Christ. Mm-hmm. So that what's spiritually true of Jesus is spiritually true of us. That doesn't, I don't, I don't think that hits us enough, just mm. how vast the greatness of this eternity Especially is. Especially because I'm not 
Jesus. I'm a garbage well, person. Sure. You know? and, and that's really kind of the point, right? right. Is that this is all about grace. Right. It's not. It's 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 not about. You know, God looked at us and said, "You know, you're you're pretty good. I really think you you'd be a great addition." Right. You know, I'm going to bring you into my family because you know you kind of remind me of Jesus. Right. You kind of look like me. Right. No, not at all. It's exactly the opposite. Right. We are objects of wrath, Jew and Gentile alike. We are all wretched, and and that that wretched, naked, poor image should be on our minds and hearts all the time. Not only that, but I think going to a more extreme level than that, I think we it's easy sometimes to just overlook the fact that we, some of us were, some of us are dead. dead. And so I, you mentioned Lazarus uh, quickly, and you've, you've talked about it a couple times in the past few weeks. But I, I've always wondered, like, Lazarus was real dead. Um, All the way. So Not mostly dead. Right. <laughs> I liked your Princess Bride reference. Um, anytime you can insert Billy Crystal into the equation. It's um, that great 20th century theologian. <laughs> but uh, the fact that it was like... It was like, uh, what, three or four days after Lazarus had died, right, that Jesus showed up? Four days, yeah. So I've always wondered, you know, is that significant? But I think it is to even further prove the fact that Homeboy was dead. and This wasn't swooning. It wasn't Right, and he was, like, starting the, you know, probably the rotting process at that point. Behold, he stinketh. Yes. So Sometimes you just can't get away from the King James. (laughs) So I think that's a good visual for us to think that or to, to understand that no matter where we are in our lives it's it's a never too late to come to christ you right. could be you could have been dead for 70 years like right. you know so i think that's a really good visual but i also that's think it's a really important. good point well said thank you um <laughs> i also think it's important to understand that that is the root issue like i write all these i write an article i have a client that's uh works for therapists so i'm writing articles for therapists so if you read articles online about therapy it's um, so there's your medical advice. I, I, I will withhold comment. <laughs> you think you're learning something and it's just me. Um, anyway. People don't thing, always want to know how the sausage is made, you know what I mean? But Guess what? <laughs> I'm giving you advice. Um, Dr. Stacy. No, but, you know, one thing that keeps coming back when you're dealing with issues of anxiety or depression or any mental health condition is all these these doctors and therapists say, the, the first thing you should do and the best thing you should do is not ignore what you're feeling. When you're blocking out your own emotions, you're ignoring the root of the problem. And until you get to the root of the problem, you're not going to be able to... to Right. Start working on it. So I think the root of the problem here is that we did. Right. Um, and until we... The good news isn't good news until you get the bad right. news. Right. So, so you, you have to accept that. Right. It's not easy, I think, for, for human beings to think that I was born... We, we Even babies, we don't like to think of babies that way as they're born and they're you know already dead to, to sin. And, right. uh, you know, but the sooner you accept that and the sooner you accept that you're not a great person no matter what you do. I think that's when you realize, okay, I need something more here. I'm not going to be able to do this on my own. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that we didn't gloss over that. Uh, I, I know it was one of the first points you touched on in your sermon, and I'm seeing it now. You called it our natural state. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's, it's important not to gloss over our natural state and the fact that it's death. <laughs> um, right. And that is it, the starting point. It's worse point. than we think it is. Right. You know, we're not, you know it's not like... Every 
Okay, so you know I've been watching Arrow and Flash and doing all this. Oh, I thought we were going to get away with it stuff. this week. You knew better. Uh, <sighs> and one of the things that absolutely drives me insane is every episode, all the time, everybody promises it's going to be okay, right? But that's how we handle life. Right. Is, you know, I will never leave you. I promise. I will always be there for you. I promise. You're going to be fine. I promise. Forget the fact that there's a spear through your heart. You're going to be fine. It's, it's a, a mere flesh wound. Oh goodness! I get a little Monty Python in there too. That's wow. not that's not healthy for anyone. But the but this whole I promise it's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. It's better than you think. It no, it's not. It's worse. You're not going to be okay. And that that I think is the influence of what we might now call prosperity teaching. Mm-hmm. But this idea that you know it's like it, putting it's a bandaid right. on when you've got your legs sawed off right. you know? god, like, god god loves everybody right, god right. you know god just has this unbounded love that's unconditional and unlimited and we don't really think that through right. so I, I i don't go as far in in the phrasing of it as, as some of my more reformed friends like rc sproul used to and so that stop telling people that that god loves them because god hates the wicked mm-hmm. well Okay, yes, and and yet no, in that the idea here is that God loves the world. Mm -hmm. And so he does love us, but he loves us in a sense that we bear his image, not that uh, that we're all accepted, because we're not. Not in the sense that we're all elect, because we're not. Not in the sense that that we all belong to him, we're all God's children. We're, We're not. We're his enemies and by nature objects of wrath. And if we don't get that, then why would we come to Christ right. like that's baseline. and say, you know what, I, I need to be redeemed. I am dead. I need to be resurrected. And that's that's the key to this. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to chapter 1, when Paul speaks um, that, that his power in us is like the, the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in raising Christ from the dead. That is exactly what he's saying here. So, you know, he's just taking these concepts. And Paul does a really nice job as a disciplined communicator to, to restate his case. So he uses the individual aspect of it in, in chapter 1 to build what he's about to say uh, throughout the entire church. So we see this raising from the dead in chapter 1. And the raising from the dead and seating with Christ in the heavenly places going from chapter 1 into chapter 2. And then he continues in the second half of chapter 2 to say, here's what happened in your salvation by grace. And because that happened with all of us, God is now demonstrating this, raising us up together as a body to become the temple where he himself dwells and where his presence is manifest to the world. And so that's why he gets so fired up then in his in his ideas about sharing this ministry, this gospel with the Gentiles, with those who are outside of Israel. It's the same message for the Jew and the Gentile. And he just can't get his mind away from this, oh my gosh, God is so amazing. Right. This, this same God who by his holiness and justice must hate us in, in, in that sense. His wrath, his judgment is just and he cannot be who he is apart from that righteous judgment against all sin. Everything that is less than God, less than perfection, will be destroyed and must be destroyed. So how does he rectify that? 
because of his great mercy, he takes us dead in our sin and makes us alive in Christ solely by his grace. And we receive that not by doing things, not by religious ritual, not by, you know, you know let's, let's get closer to God. Let's climb the ladder a little bit and try to right. be better. We receive it by trusting it, by believing that. And even that comes from God. It's not right. that we had something holy in us that right. caused us to believe. You know, that would be the idea of you're mostly dead. You, it's, right. you know, you need you need to be raised, but you have something here right. that He can work with. Right. It's not like Miracle Max. This is this is the reality that there is nothing. And God, who created the universe out of nothing, is causing you to be reborn out of nothing. You have nothing to offer. That's it. And, and thank goodness, it. because, oh my goodness, I'm st- still going through I'm Leviticus now, and I want to jump off a cliff. All I'm going through Leviticus and all these things, that all these sacrifices that needed to be made right. just Very so. Very detailed. Just so. Yeah. Like, do this, and wipe blood with your finger on the altar, and do this, and do that, and do that. Very, very right. detailed uh, uh, atonements for sin. And if sin. your sacrifice is less than perfect, Right, and you don't do accepted. all of this the way you're supposed to do, it's not accepted. Right. Who could and if the do priest that? enters right. on your so, behalf, right. he's dead. So, yeah, he's and dead. then and there were all these things. If you do it this way, you shall die. If you do it this way, you shall right. die. You should, I mean, so... The that picture's should, very stark. Right, so that's why I think... And that this is... I, I texted you a couple weeks ago about why are these details important? Like, I understand, but it's very hard to get through. It is hard to get through. Yeah. But when you look... At, the thing I like about the Bible plan I'm doing is it'll it, it's going in order in the Old Testament, but then it'll jump to like Romans mm-hmm. and kind of go back and forth. So when you see the pictures and how they're parallel, it does makes it match it look, up the New yes. Testament passage? Yeah. So when you're when you're looking at Romans, it's actually talking about the concepts Correct. behind. Yes. What so that there. makes it easier. Yeah. So he, Hebrews is a great place to go when you're in Leviticus as well. So it might jump there too. I don't know. It's just been in Romans well. the past couple so. days. But so I, I think that's you know even more so. I couldn't do any of that. Not even I couldn't get one thing right. Mm. Uh, so, so knowing that uh, Christ took all of that, I mean, how could I not, you know, want to be moved in that direction, right. to be stirred even, in that direction? Even down to the picture of the fact that that the the priest, before he can make atonement for your sins, has to make atonement for his own sins. Right. And so, in Christ who is the final sacrifice, not a symbolic sacrifice. And all of those sacrifices, by the way, in the Old Testament, still had to be offered by faith. If it was offered apart from faith, it was condemned by God, as we see through the prophets. But this idea that the priest had to go in and offer sacrifices for his own sins, Mm -hmm. if Jesus was the sacrifice, because the wages of sin is death, if he had his own sin to sacrifice for, he He could not die in our place. He'd have to die in his own. So because he did not have sin, he was able to be the perfect sacrifice, the high priest in the order of Melchizedek, to, to come out of nowhere, not based on, on some human lineage, but to come under the covenant of God, by God's divine sovereignty, to come in and say, I'm making this sacrifice. I will redeem you. You will be in me. So as Christ dies and is, and is raised from the dead, we who have trusted in him have been placed into him by God in much the same way that God put the, the sin of, of, uh, of, of the repentant or the penitent sinner into that sacrifice or on the scapegoat in right. another passage. All of those pictures lead us to the fact that we have been placed by faith, by God's grace, mm-hmm. 
through our faith in Christ so that when he dies on the cross, we die with him. We were already dead in sin, and now we become in Christ dead to sin. No, It no longer rules over us. It no longer has the power. Now, we still have habits that we're dealing with. We still have uh, this right. this body. We have the same urges that we had before, the same temptations that we had before. And you mess up. And you mess up. But it's no longer the direction of our lives. It's no longer the dominant force. It's no longer our identity. So in Christ, having been chosen and adopted and predestined and, and guaranteed all of the realities of Christ now, that becomes our identity. So when Paul says in Romans 7, even I'm, I'm still dealing with this stuff. Right. I mean, this is the guy writing these, these right. passages of Scripture. He's saying, man, I, I'm still... This this wretched person right. in myself, so I'm battling sin all the time. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, and, and so, as as Paul is is recognizing that in himself, he says, "Yet this isn't me. This sin. When I sin now, that sin isn't who I am. It's sin still dwelling in me like a parasite. Right. It, you know, it's it's not." me anymore. But there is still this infection that I have to keep dealing with. And what in the world is going to save me from this body of death? Praise be to God. It's Jesus. Jesus is the answer. And that's why in Romans 8, 1, he can say, therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Then you see what he's saying in Ephesians, which is kind of the culmination of all of that. Because you're in Christ Jesus, this is who you are. This is true of you now in a way that it could not have been true before because you have nothing to offer. So stop. Just Because you're dead if you didn't get that You're dead. Stone cold dead. You can't do anything when you're dead. Like that blows my mind. You can't do anything when you're dead. It's kind of crazy to think about. You know, I've been kind of rolling these, these masterpiece art pictures in my mind and and I think, you know, if we miss out, I spent my lifetime memorizing and, and re- repeating and saying uh, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, talking about by grace you've been saved through faith and this not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, so that no, no one can boast. But very often uh, that comes without the context of, of 2.10. So 2.10 says, for we're God's workmanship. And that four is because of this grace, be, you know, or, or not because of, because of this, this is why we see the grace. God does all this because you are his workmanship. There's You're created in Christ Jesus for good works, right. which he prepared in advance for you to do. And you know what you can't do when you're dead? Good works. You, right. Or anything else. So there's nothing that you can do. So all of your good works as a dead person don't actually exist as right. good works. So it's... You're created for this relationship with God. Everything in your life should be pointing to him and giving him glory. Everything done apart from him is sin, even if it appears good from a worldly perspective. You can cure cancer. You can cure the Rona, all these things. But apart from God, it's still sin. That's not why you exist. My Sharona. Let's all go roller skating. There's a song. I think I've sent it to you before. I should really make a playlist. Um, Yes, we there's, like play- there's a song uh, by a band called More Than Rubies um, called Image of God, and the chorus goes, um, forget it now, we come in pieces, we come in fragments, we come discolored to the foot of the cross, hmm. our maker sees us, all that we have been bounds us, bounds us together in the image of God. And I thought, you know, when you're talking right now, we have nothing, we're, we're pieces, we're, we're discolored, blah, 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 right. and we it, it's only through Jesus that we 
become alive again. And that's just so mind-boggling to yeah. me that we can do nothing. And we live in this world where we, we think, I think especially in Western culture, that we have this you know can-do attitude and we're go-getters and whatever. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I, I do that myself all the time. Um, but when it comes to this, there's nothing you can do except well, for right. believe and receive. You know, I think maybe that's part of why God's wired us for those things, to, to, to be doers. And it draws a contrast. Yeah. So that we recognize that all of our doing means nothing apart from Him. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so we can't we can't work our way to God. We can't be good enough. It's not Jesus plus. Right. And some of the false teaching that we've seen coming from, you know, from the medieval church and so on that, that has worked its way forward was very much teaching it was God's grace plus our effort. God's grace, right. and then you do something to be worthy of that grace. But then, by definition, it's not grace. Because you could be the most perfect person in the world, and you still wouldn't be worthy of it. Absolutely right. Yeah, that, that, that's absolutely right. So <laughs> the, we do need to respond to it. It's not like it's just some, you know, God just throws it out there and it's, it's random, or that God just chooses you and says, okay. And, and sometimes that's a confusion. We talked about this a little bit ago with the predestination uh, piece. But that, okay, you don't really have a choice about it, so God drags you kicking and screaming against your will into heaven. That, that's not at right. all the case. God changes your heart and will. And if you are not living in response to that for his glory, then this has not taken hold of you. This, you know, what was... Uh, was it you that were just saying if this... Oh, no, it was my mom oh. uh, so, uh, citing an old Evie song uh, that... Basically, and I can't remember the exact lyric right offhand, but basically, if we need a playlist, if this wasn't, if that's not enough, then maybe he didn't die for you, you know. That which is, you know, kind of a Calvinist limited atonement concept that comes out of there. There's but, a John Foreman but there's song some called "Let That Be Enough." We need a playlist, guys. Uh, is what John I've Foreman, said. he's got there. some new stuff out right now. He too, does. He did one with Lauren Daigle. Anyway, playlist is coming. <laughs> Play- playlist. This is a couple of podcasts in a row. You mentioned yeah. playlists. So. It's, it's a but, sign. But we do need to respond, and we respond in faith. So the grace is given, and, and that grace changes us. That grace is what allows us to have the faith in the first place, to be able to see what the rest of the world does not, mm-hmm. to be able to overcome our sinful nature, because the mind that's controlled by the sinful nature is hostile to God. It doesn't repent. Right. It doesn't turn to him. It can't submit to God. And so we need him to intervene, to take the dead person and bring them to life. And as he does that, then we respond in faith. How do we know that God has chosen us? Because we respond in faith. Right. If we don't respond in faith, then we're not there. But what if God's chosen me and I haven't responded in faith yet? Well, until you're dead, you still have this opportunity but don't squander it because when we harden our hearts and turn away from God, that you may not have the opportunity to repent all the time. So we when could you, die stepping out of here, you know. So so take advantage of this. God gives you this opportunity. All who come will not be turned away. How do I know if I've been chosen? Because you come. And you come in not not in words, but in reality, in deeds that that we don't just say, okay, God, thank you for your grace and go on with our right. lives. But the grace actually hits us so that I can no longer, I can't, I just literally can't any longer live for myself, ignoring God's, God's commands. If I'm in Christ, then I don't want to live for myself anymore. Right. I want to give God glory. If that's not my desire to, to honor him, then 
I don't know him. I don't really get this grace. I might have some intellectual assent to theological concepts, but I haven't taken this in and been transformed by it. We will stop there for today. We're actually like at a pretty decent time right now. So it's kind of astonishing, actually. And we talked for like it's probably three because of the new highly professional backdrop. We it is. It's making us more professional. Right. Sure, that's it. Sure, that's it. We did. We didn't talk about one calls the heart for five minutes. So <laughs> we are still <laughs> the home of professional podcasting. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We're not gonna, you know, randomly cut off this week like we did last week because um, your computer is charged. Uh, but. Yeah, sorry technology. about the technology. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, as usual, feel free to contact us at somethingrealatreallifeonline.org. Leave us a voicemail at 269-756-RLCC, or you can leave a comment or a message on Facebook or YouTube. I think that's... And for your spiritual edification, look up the song Technology by This Train. I'll have a hard time finding it. There have been like at least five or six songs during this podcast yes. that you have to look up. Make your own playlist. <laughs> Te- technology may be less spiritually oh. weighty than the others, but it is still very Still cool. a jam. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. We will catch you next week.